Hello, welcome back to the Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host Taylor on this Monday, January 9th for episode 7. I hope you had a great weekend. Today, I would like to be going over the pitches per plate appearance stuff that I had mentioned and hadn't had time to get to, or I I suppose I could have made the episode as long as I wanted last week, but... I wanted to sort of just keep it relatively concise for you guys so that I could have enough time to really do justice to what I wanted to talk about with the pitches per plate appearance stuff without making it obnoxiously long. So I'm going to be talking about that, which I suppose was more of a teaser for you. Pitches per plate appearance, what does it mean? Why do we care about it? What does it imply? And what the pitches per plate appearance statistics are for the projected roster guys, the projected starting lineup that I think will be getting a lot of playing time in 2023. Then I'd like to talk about the rotation, the starting pitchers, at least the potential starting pitchers, because we don't really know who it will end up being, and the A's have a lot, a lot of guys that they can choose from. Ten, at least. Ten that they're going to want to at least try, and not all of them have options either, so uh, we're going to be talking about who those guys are, who I think will get a majority of starts. I think they'll all get some starts, uh, but who will end up sticking, I suppose, what I should say. The various factors that go into that. And now, just a quick reminder to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. Rate and review if you uh, are so inclined. And check out our Instagram page as well. That would be athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast on Instagram. And we do teasers and and posts for upcoming shows, and we also just post fun pictures about the team and, and other things like that. So go ahead and give us a follow on there, too. Would be much appreciated. And before we get started with the rest of the episode today, I'd like to just take a moment and mention and give my best wishes for Liam Hendricks, former closer for the A's and uh, current closer for the White Sox, who has been diagnosed with lymphoma, I think non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I wasn't really planning on doing it. I just saw this today, uh, Sunday, the day that I'm recording, and I I just wanted to give a brief mention to Liam Hendricks and say that I know that we're all pulling for you. I loved having you as an A, and I have had nothing but the best wishes for you through your through the rest of your baseball career as well. I have enjoyed watching your success. I've had you on my 
fantasy baseball team, <laughs> and and you were a ton of fun to watch, whether on the A's or the White Sox, and I, like probably everybody else out there that I can think of at least, I am really pulling for you. I hope that you come out of this strong and relatively quickly with full health and I'd like to see you make a return to the mound at some point, you know, hopefully if you're if you're able. We're pulling for you, man. Wish you the best. He deserves that mention and to know that people are going to be praying for him and putting out their best wishes and it was important to touch on that in the beginning of this episode, I think. So, now let's talk about the pitches per plate appearance stat. What does it mean? Why do we care? It basically is just in your in each plate appearance that you have, which means regardless of what happens after that plate appearance, whether it's a walk or a hit or whatever, how many pitches you saw before whatever happened, happened. So in one particular plate appearance, if if you struck out on the fifth pitch, that's a five-pitch plate appearance. And it, it sort of, why do we care? You know, it sort of just meant, it, it sort of implies a couple of things. That's your eye, which is how how good you are at seeing the ball come in and whether you think that it's a ball or a strike and accurately swinging or not swinging at it, that's considered a player's eye as a batter. Well, you might think, you know, that so plate appear, pitches per plate appearance is adjacent to plate discipline, which is how good a player is at taking a walk basically how good a player is at not swinging at balls, which means that you're going to be taking more walks than a player with bad plate discipline. And a player's eye factors into your plate discipline. And I think that when it comes to pitches per plate appearance, you need a good eye to be able to see a lot of pitches. But it's not directly related to your plate discipline or your eye. A little bit more so the plate discipline, but not so much the eye. I think you just need the eye as... You, you need the ability to see balls and strikes accurately. But that does not mean that you will have good pitches per plate appearance numbers, which higher is better in my that's that's what I want to see. What also factors in heavily in this is the player's approach at the plate, which you know, some guys with great batting average are getting most of their hits by the second or maybe third pitch, you know, first pitch, second pitch, third pitch, they're swinging, but they're great contact players and so they're making contact with the ball really early in the count and not really 
forcing the pitcher to throw a lot of pitches and if you've got a guy with a great with great contact ability then you don't really care that much how much he's walking or what his plate discipline or his his uh, pitch count for his at-bats you don't really care that much about that because you know getting a hit getting on base that is more important but the pitches per plate appearance dragging that at-bat out as long as you can pays dividends in the long term especially because baseball is a sport where you play the same team multiple times in a row in a stretch you play you know two or three usually or sometimes four games consecutively against the same team and they don't get rests in between all of their series so sometimes you've got a team that goes 12 games in a row or more and they might have four three game series and if you're playing a team and on your first game in the series you just light up their starting pitcher and get him out of the game by the second inning and then you grind out high pitch count at bats on the bullpen after working the starter out of there in the second in or second or third inning you might be able to to get through and and tire out like four bullpen arms which means those guys are not available on game two and by game three all of the bullpen is going to be tired which maybe means they're not pitching as well which maybe means they have to lean on people they didn't want to if they're not the right person for a specific situation and also if that's the first series in a 12 game away stand for the team that you're playing against and they're in your division and they're a competitor for a playoff spot with your team well now you just tired out their bullpen for the next nine games as well which means they might lose more of those games than they would have if you if you hadn't got into their bullpen and worked them down in that first three game series so i care about pitches per plate appearance on the other hand it's not really something that you can teach super easily or much uh, I think because by the time a player makes it into the major leagues sort of their their approach at the plate whether they're a guy that's swinging early or a guy that is fishing for balls and and taking walks or a guy that's fouling off close balls and and grinding it grinding it out in that way um whatever your approach at the plate is is usually set by the time you make it into the into the big leagues and 
you could change it, but if if a player is having success with it, you basically never would. So I wouldn't expect any of the guys that we have that are minor league players to have better or significantly worse numbers in the majors as what they do in the minors. I wouldn't expect, like like when you have a guy come up and play his rookie season in the minors, his batting average is probably going to improve over the next two or three seasons. But his pitches per plate appearance probably will not change that much. So, my projected usual starting lineup for the A's in 2023, I've got Shea Langoliers as the typical starting catcher. His pitches per plate appearance were 3.81 and 3.823 in the last two seasons. As you can see, doesn't really change. That's in the majors and then one in one in the minors. It doesn't really change much. Uh, you're going to see that typically, but not always. So when I look at it, what I want to see is anything above four. Four, to me, is a good number. And 3.8, 3.81 for Shea Langoliers is not bad. And again, none of these are bad as long as you're getting the result, you're getting the results that you need to get at the plate. But a player who is like I said, grinding these out, you're going to get sort of like that Mark Canna player who really eats into the other team's pitchers a little bit, which is just a whole separate talent, uh, a whole separate ability that can just add to the usefulness and, and ability skills of a player in ways that aren't really counted on the stats very well. You have walks, you have on-base percentage, but it's not telling you the full story because you could have an eight-pitch at-bat where you strike out, and yeah, you didn't get on-base, you didn't drive anyone home, but you still did a lot, actually, a lot more than maybe you would think. You know, oh, strikeout, that sucks. Well, not if not if that means they have to pull the reliever out, you know, one or two batters earlier than they wanted to. So 3.8, I'll say, is decent. And anything above 4 is good. So next, uh, who I think will be the typical uh, starting first baseman, because I think that he will work out for us in the majors, Ryan Noda, the Rule 5 draft pick that we got from the Dodgers. Now, in high A, he had a 4.079 pitches per plate appearance, which, as I've said, anything above 4 is great. It's, you know, that's definitely a good number. Well, in double A, 4.192. So a significant increase. And then in AAA, 4.246. So he's actually 
either changing his approach or seeing the balls better and not swinging on balls outside of the strike zone, or maybe he is making a lot more contact, including fouling balls off more in grindy at-bats, but I think that bodes very well for him in addition to his stats where he is otherwise fairly impressive as well. So 4.246 in AAA, if he can if he can stay around or above a 4.1 and put up league average or better batting numbers for his first season, that that would be fantastic and would really be a big supplement to the A's batting lineup. Next, we've got Nick Allen, who is going to be the starter, probably, for either second base or shortstop. Which one, we won't know yet. He put up a 3.54 in the majors and a 3.86 in AAA. So, definitely figuring some stuff out at the plate. I don't know if he is just maybe not seeing the ball as well at the major league level. Um, Pitchers are a little different at the major league level often, or if he's just getting getting his if he's just getting used to batting in the big leagues. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but a pretty big 300 point drop between his time in AAA last year and his time in the big leagues also kind of goes hand in hand maybe with just his general struggles at the plate last year in the big leagues. So it could just be that he's working through it and trying to figure it out and hopefully something he figures something out and if he does you know if he if he improves his results at the plate and maybe his confidence we might see that number go up anyways back up to his closer to his minor league uh, number, which could put him somewhere around a 3.7 this year if if he sort of gets closer to that. But all in all, it says the same thing that we that we know already about Nick Allen that he has to figure out his stuff at the plate, but defensively he's excellent, and that alone will probably solidify him in a starting role this season. Jonah Bride, who, if he can figure something out with his bat, then he could be the starting second baseman, putting Nick Allen on shortstop. In the majors last year, he batted not very good, about the same as Nick Allen, which was not very good. But his pitches per plate appearance was actually very good. So, good 
good plate discipline, good eye, and he just didn't get the results that he wanted at the plate. Uh, 4.262 in the majors with... In double A, he put up a 4.359, and in triple A, a 4.064. So that's probably the player that he is with his plate approach, uh, somewhere between a 4.0 and a and a 4.3, which it means that he is going to, if he sticks on the roster, if he sticks on the starting lineup, he is going to be one of those guys digging into at-bats and helping to run through the other team's starting pitcher and bullpen a little bit for us. One of the reasons I'm a little excited about Jonah Bride, if he can if he can figure out the batting a little bit more. Kevin Smith is the guy who could be the starting shortstop for the A's if he can figure out the batting before Jonah Bride sort of. Um, And that would put Nick Allen at second base if he could figure it out. However, in the majors last year, he only put up a 3.417, which is pretty bad. Now, like I said, he's got to figure out his, his batting. In the minors, he was nowhere near that, so maybe uh, sort of like Nick Allen, maybe if he can figure out his situation at the plate a little bit better, we might see those numbers going up anyways to where they were for him before, which was somewhere between 3.7 and 4, which would put him as pretty solid. Then we've got some of the uh, some of the more veteran guys to look at who, at this point, we know who they are. So this is more straightforward. Jace Peterson, who will probably be the third baseman. He is also known as he's also known as on base Jace to some fans, and you can also see that with his pitches per plate appearance. Four point two eight eight last season, four point three two four point three two nine the season before. So he's sort of a 4.3 pitches per plate appearance guy, a grindy batter, which I love to see, and I think it's really entertaining. Aledmus Diaz is sort of the opposite. He puts up similar results with his with his bat to Jace Peterson, but he must just have a drastically different plate approach meaning that he probably is just swinging way earlier on balls and making a lot of contact and a lot less walks, I think, than Jace Peterson, but similar batting average. So he had a 3.574 pitches per plate appearance in 2022 and a 3.602 in 2021. So we'll probably see him somewhere around a 3.6 again this year, which is not very good, but if he's hitting the ball and getting on base, and then we've got no complaints, and he's already proven what kind of a player he is at the plate, so his pitches per plate appearance should not be an issue for the A's. 
Tony Kemp, who did a little bit better than usual last year with a 3.806 pitches per plate appearance, and the year before that, 3.668. So probably somewhere around a 3.7 this coming year. But he's also proven in the past that he can be more of a grindy at bat in sort of a leadoff role, taking walks and fouling some balls off in tough situations, which we've seen more um, in 2019, 2020, or uh, 2020, I believe, with uh, Canna on the A's and and making a good run. We saw a lot more of that grindiness out of him, I think. But I, I feel like with him it's a little bit situational. Like, I think he might have that ability to grind it out and take a long at bat, but I don't think that he's always trying to. And maybe if he did try to do that, he'd get more walks, maybe his on-base would go up, but maybe his batting average would go down instead, you know, so I'm not sure if it would be better or worse for him if he changed his plate approach to be sort of that more grindy player, but I think that where he's at is perfectly fine for the A's, somewhere around 3.7, maybe 3.8. Loriano, who will probably start the season as our starting center fielder, unless we are giving one of our other center fielders a day, and then he might hop over to right field, bumping Seth Brown out of right field. He's He's got a good grindy at bat. He puts up a 3.971 uh, last season, 3.953 the season before. He's, he's a guy who you can tell he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get out. Like, you can just tell. And when he, I I think that he gets most of those pitches, actually, by just fouling balls off. That's what, that's what I've seen from him, which can be really fun at bats. Uh, and I still, I'm going to say it again, I still think he's going to get traded this season. There's still time in the off season for it to happen, actually, which would make the A's worse this season, but would simplify the lineup building for this season. And it would really open up a lot of of roster movement ability and, and would maybe make us be a better team in the future in, in a year or two, um, which is really what we're looking forward to right now anyway. Leading into Christian Pache who could become the center fielder for the A's. His defense is so good that his bat only needs to be okay. And right now his bat is bad, so it has to get better. And his pitches per plate appearance is also bad. It's 3.531 last year in the majors. And in AAA last year it was also 3.561, so not not very good in AAA or the majors in 2022. The year before that, in AAA, he put up a 4.068, and his bat was also better, I think, then. I, I, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But 
yeah, I don't know. He's He's got to figure something out, and he's out of options. So his time is ticking if he's going to stick with the A's. And if he doesn't figure it out with us, with all of the opportunities that we are going to have for him, then I can't see him figuring it out anywhere else. Maybe he takes a minor league deal somewhere. Maybe that's his path towards having enough time to be able to figure something out. Because um, with no minor league options left, and a bat that's as bad as it is that even the A's wouldn't play him that much last year, last year of all years, you know, nobody's going to put him on their major league roster. So... I really hope he can figure something out. I love watching him field those fly balls and and line drives in the outfield. He's a great defender. Another potential option for center field, Asturi Ruiz. He does have options, and he has just only had a handful of games in the majors. But that said... He put up a 3.694 pitches per plate appearance in the majors last year and a 3.647 in AAA. So we could be looking at maybe a 3.7 from him at some point, but a grindy at bat would be excellent from him, but it's not really the appeal of Ruiz as a player. He is... Defensively, I've heard he's pretty good, which would make sense in center field or anywhere in the outfield due to his really high speed, and his speed is really his biggest, most impressive attribute. He put up like 85 steals in the minors last year in 2022, so if he can be a guy who is a speedy you know, get on base, get a hit, whatever, and, you know, maybe sort of a slap hitter who maybe he's fast enough he can get on base just by out outrunning the ball. And finally, Seth Brown, I think he'll be the right fielder. He has pretty good at bats with a 3.960 last year and a 3.967 the year before, so he is he's pretty solidly in the in the high 3.9, maybe around four uh, pitches per plate appearance, which is the mark of a of a grindy grindy batter. I say, I know that was a little bit long and convoluted. Hopefully, you stuck with me on that. But I think that pitches per plate appearance is a really important stat that nobody knows about. Hopefully you know a little bit more about it now. Hopefully you care a little bit more about it now. And hopefully I'm not totally off base with my starting lineup projection because that would be kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Well, I can say that the pitches per plate appearance episode... Definitely, that segment took a lot longer than I had initially thought it would. I am really glad I did not try and 
tack that on to the previous episode like I had originally planned, because that would have been more than an hour-long episode, which I think is just too long when we're not talking about a baseball game that just happened. Maybe we can let it get that long if we need to talk about something important and there was a baseball game that just happened that we're talking about that game and the highlights and and things like that. But for the offseason, for, for this, I think that maybe we should be cutting it a little bit less than an hour. So that's also why I'm going to stop it now. And I know I said I was going to talk about the starting pitchers, my guess for the rotation, and it's it's a doozy. That actually, I, I already recorded it. It turned out that it's a lot more than what I had thought as well. So, yes, this episode, if I had included it all in together, would have ended up being an hour 15, I think. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn that into another episode, a bonus episode. This is going to be the first off-season bonus episode, which I will edit on Monday and upload it for you guys to be ready for you on Tuesday. So you're getting three episodes this week. Hopefully you appreciate that. Hopefully you appreciate me not dragging these episodes on to be an hour, 20 minutes long. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing and maybe learning about the pitches per plate appearance, why it matters, and who's going to be pretty good at it this next year. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you check back in tomorrow on Tuesday for episode number two out of three for this week. So thanks for listening to Athletics Baseball Podcast. See you tomorrow.